Welcome back to One Nail at a Time, Insights for Building Your Patient's Medical Home. I'm Lori. And I'm Michelle, and we're with the Alberta Medical Association. On a cold, cold day. Such a cold day. Polar vortex day. I can see Michelle's breath. <laughs> and I'm not joking, Lori is literally wearing mittens. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was hot when you did this recording. Yeah. You had a new co-host. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I recorded this podcast with Sue Peters, who is a, a co-worker of ours at the AMA, and she is the um, consultant who was working with the Life Medical Clinic, who are the subjects of our podcast today. So Dr. Joseph Vegetican is a family physician in White Court, Alberta, just north... Northwest. Northwest, thank you, of Edmonton. Um, and Lacey Berendrecht, who's a chronic disease management nurse with the McLeod River Primary Care Network, who works in the Life Medical Clinic. And they participated in um, an initiative called PACT. Patients collaborating with teams. Correct. And that's actually, it's um, it's... It's an initiative that we were building, building, creating, and we invited several Not clinics. we're building, we're still building, well, and we'll continue well, to build. We are. We're building it one nail at a time. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they participated with a bunch of other clinics around the province uh, to help us test out the processes that we believed would be the important ones for care planning. Uh, we called them potentially better practices. And so they tested them out for us to see um, if they were, in fact, uh, better and helpful in care planning and specifically they were related to patient-centered care truly patient-centered care which of course is one of our implementation elements in the patient's medical home absolutely and also a team-based approach which is another of the elements in patient's medical home yeah so michelle i took a listen uh to the footage and uh, there are a few things i really loved in this podcast and that was when they were talking about how they maximize their improvement opportunities Mm -hmm. with such limited resources in in their community which of course is um what we experience across all of alberta um having such limited resources uh to really provide that 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 truly team-based care uh, how they started really small with a, a specific population, how they built uh, community collaborations. They went outside of their clinic and uh, how they used data. Um, they <laughs> said they concentrate on the community's greatest need uh, and they have the data to back it up. And of course, I'm, oh, I'm a data, data. geek. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really loved that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The thing that really stood out for me, too, is they had kind of an unexpected outcome. And that was patient outcomes. Their health outcomes were improving. Um, and they boiled it down to the one sort of signature question that is part of PACT, and that is asking the patient what matters to you. Love it. Should we take a listen? Let's go. Hello, it's Michelle from the Alberta Medical Association, and joining me today as co-host is my colleague and friend, Sue Peters. Hi, Michelle. Hello. We are so excited to be talking to... Um, Dr. Joseph Ejedekin and Lacey Berendrecht from the Life Medical Clinic. And I'm just going to give you a moment to tell our listeners who you are and what you do, and then we'll, we'll launch into what we've asked you here for today. So, yeah, my name is um, Joseph Ejedekin at um, Life Medical Clinic. Um, I work as a rural physician and... Um, just like any other busy rural physician, we're busy in the north zone, looking after patients. I'm the hospital in the clinic, involved in 
various uh, aspects of patient care, uh, the surgery and all kind of things. So we work in a quite a busy practice. It's a town of about 10,000 people, just two clinics in the, in the community. So, um, and then we're well supported by the PCN, the PCN there. So we're happy in our clinic to be, or actually in our PCN to uh, be hosting the PACT, the patient collaborating teams. And um, it's been a big opportunity and blessing for us to learn a lot of things. Great. Yeah, we are so pleased that your clinic stepped forward to be what we're calling an innovation hub or those clinics that have come forward to help us work out what is a good way to, to approach managing complex patients through care planning, but in a way that is perhaps a little different from how it's been done traditionally. So really mm-hmm. focusing on team-based care and in particular, a really patient-centered approach. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a bit about what your, what your experience has been like being an innovation hub with PACT? Yeah, for us, I think um, once we signed up to um, participate in PACT, it opened up a lot of questions for us. Mm. Um, traditionally, in Alberta, we um, our complex patients are defined by the O304J code, mm-hmm. and um, I think quickly we identified and uh, the flaws in that system. It's a it's a it's a, it's a code. Uh, or it's a system based on remuneration rather than actually what matters to the patient. And um, we had to define the kind of complex patient or the population type that we felt would be appropriate for team-based care because every not every complex patient, well, every complex patient would need some kind of care planning, but not every complex patient would be appropriate for team-based care, uh, depending on the resources you have in your, co- in your community. So I know that when you started your journey, you were looking to focus and you thought you knew who the, the patients yeah. were that you were going to focus on. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you were going to focus on and, and then how that, that changed over time? So, yeah, because we, we've, we felt we had limited resources to see all complex, complex care patients, um, we had to do a gap analysis. And um, it was an eye, very eye, eye opener for us. So essentially, what we did was we um, looked at about nine thousand patients, panelled to six physicians in our, in our community, and we looked at um, the frequency, their frequency of attending emergency departments. We looked at what they went in for, their chronic medical problems um, such as diabetes hypertension, COPD, and all that. And we looked at the frequency of the visits, so what took them to the emergency. So we assumed that um, only patients could tell you something is wrong with them. We also assumed that um, patients don't go to the hospital if something is not wrong with them. I mean, if the patients are waiting for to see a doctor for hours because something matters to them. So our intention was to look at what really matter to our patients to those patients going to the hospital. And um, we found that the most of the patients who wait in the emergency in our, in, our, in our community had mental health problems, particularly young people, young patients, females, middle-aged uh, patients as well. Um, that opened our eyes to the need of um, our patients with mental, mental health problems in our community. 
Um, it also gave us the opportunity to advocate for this population of patients um, more appropriately. It gave us the opportunity to um, meet with community agencies um, in our community like mental health, addiction, and even um, social services, housing services, and all that. Um, from, from the result of our gap analysis, we were able to set up um, or establish a collaboration in our community called a White Court Region Access Program now that we have a care pathway for this population of patients. For part, it's been a big eye-opener for us. Most of the patients that we invited for, for team-based care don't actually qualify for the O3O4J. It's so amazing the kind of stories we hear from them when they, when they attend our meetings. Um, many of them, you would think they don't have much to, they wouldn't have much to talk about. They would sit up to one and a half hours sometimes talking to patients and they keep telling you, patients are amazed to be asked that question, what matters to you? They are not, it's not something that they hear often and they are so grateful to hear um, physicians or healthcare professionals asking that asking them that question. Of course, we we'll prepare them a lot before they come. Um, we give them the opportunity to make a list of the things that matter to them, and it's so amazing how long that list can be. Um, often we don't have enough time to address all those things, but um, we have learned a lot that um, perhaps we have not been adequately addressing really what matters to our patients. Um, because we're so limited by the O304J um, billing code that defines complexity in Alberta. So we think the healthcare would have, I mean, we hopefully should hopefully move forward to a more robust uh, definition of complexity and um, addressing patient, um, addressing what matters to patients hmm. more appropriately. You mentioned that, that your, par- your patients are amazed by being asked what matters to them. What has their feedback been about the whole care planning process that you've been engaging them in? Lazy, mm-hmm. talk to that. Uh, yes, of course. So, um, usually at the end of our care planning process, through PAC, uh, we distribute a questionnaire for the patients to give a feedback, and it's astounding to be in the room and to hear them not even wait for the questionnaire, but just to be so grateful to be part of the process and to be asked what matters to them. Um, just our last PAC patient. Um, She said, I have never been excited to come for a doctor's appointment ever before. Wow. And they're just, they're feeling well supported, like they're part of a team and like their outcomes could change. The way the pact is structured is completely around a patient-driven agenda, not the traditional physician-driven agenda like the 0304Js. Um, And until we are changing that conversation that happens in that room, we're never going to impact those patient outcomes. So that's what really has been our aha moments in the past few months working through PACT is the astounding outcomes that the patients are meeting, even our, you know, physician or healthcare set agendas. Um, And not only that, but we're starting to devolve into what really matters to them and trying to and getting them going and on their feet on the things that, you know, were barriers to their health in the past. That's amazing. One other thing I think um, the gap analysis helped us to do in our community was um, identifying the um, the gaps we had in terms of resources. For example, presenting some of our, our results 
to the PCN, for example, has helped them to reallocate resources more appropriately, hmm. um, to reevaluate their programs. And now the PCN is, it's more obvious that mental health is a big is a big concern. I mean, what happens in our community may be different from other communities, but we think as doctors or physicians begin to look into the doing similar gap analysis in their communities, they are, I mean, it should be easier for them to identify the main issues and the, the, the things that are peculiar to their patients in their community and advocate more intelligently okay. um, for their patients. Yeah. So it really was um, looking at the, the health of the population. It was a population health perspective that you were um, deciding on who your focus was going to be um, in looking at, at the data. One of my favorite stories that I've heard you talk about is patients calling and asking to for speak. Their team. Yeah, can you yeah. tell us more about that? Well, that's so, um, again, that's very, that's just one of the things. Mm-hmm. We really enjoyed that. Um, actually, one of them came to me yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, she was um, complaining about um, anxiety and all that. She was ap- apologizing profusely that, oh, I just forgot to call my team this time. I just forgot <laughs> to call my team that should have spoken to Lacey and all that. And another another person came to me, I think, about two weeks ago. It was the husband of the wife that we did care planning, I mean, uh, team-based care for. And he just popped in and said, look, I would like to come for that team, and that <laughs> t- to, come to see that the team my wife came to. So it's becoming, they really appreciate it. And um, the fact that they feel they are now looked after by a team of healthcare professionals. It improves continuity of care. It improves relational continuity. It actually also improves access. Sometimes I'm fully booked, and then some of them want to see me. They know they can just call and ask for Lacey, or they can ask for anybody in the team. So uh, these people, we they um, there's like they are like first class patients, if you want to put them that way. <laughs> so they just call the clinic. I like to speak to someone in my team. So. Um, again, we hope this is something that's um, going to spread in the province, and um, we hope um, healthcare actually can move into this kind of team-based care for patients. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Did you have any bumps along the way, or was it all smooth, <laughs> smooth sailing? <laughs> I think with any um, significant initiatives like this, you're always going to have overcome obstacles, and luckily we had a very good, a strong team to overcome, you know, to work through them with us yeah. and well supported by by Sue. But I think one of our biggest one is just keeping all our community partners engaged and mm-hmm. knowing what we're doing. And um, like with the gap analysis, it has made a lot of things so much more clear and we're able to intelligently concentrate on our community's greatest need. Yeah. And we have data to back that up. It's not, we're just picking it low hanging fruit, you know, which is kind of where we started with the with the PAC process, because, you know, um, every physician will have, a, you know, a handful of patients who they'll say, oh, I know who, who needs this. But we started looking at it and we're saying, okay, if we're going to put in this much time and this much effort, can we intelligently look at a population that we can impact and get our community partners together? And when we did the gap analysis, I know Dr. Joe didn't touch on it, but it was just so astronomical, the findings, hmm. that there was this huge need, unmet need in the community, and we were, you know, we're doing all of this work, but if we just independently do it at a clinical level, 
it's just not enough. Right. Our outcomes aren't changing. And not only right. were these patients um, uh, high utilizers of the emergency yeah. department, but they were yeah. actually high utilizers of your clinic resources yeah, as well. Um, and so maybe not um, their needs were not being met through um, the various ways These they were trying care. to access care. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that has completely changed. And the care you're providing for these patients is now what they needed, right? Yeah. And so that's so, mm-hmm. so exciting. It really is. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And I'm, I'm going to end this with a question that I'd like you both to answer. Okay. <laughs> I'll put you on the hot seat. So if you were talking to another clinic who was thinking about um, doing what you've done and looking at their processes for care planning and making them more patient-centered and using their team, what would your best piece of advice be for them? If you could give them one piece of advice, what would that be? Changing their conversation 100%. Very true. Very true. I think that's the most important thing really for me personally I didn't realize how deeply scripted I was Mm -hmm. in just um, addressing what I felt was important to the patient. But asking that question, what matters to you, it's not not that easy. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes, you have to be um, willing to really address what matters to the patient. And um, it's a learn. I think that's the first place to start from. Um, Doing that encourages you really to be interested in a patient and from there you can move on to maybe doing the gap analysis you know in your community and then with your results you can set up the appropriate team you know like in our own community we had to decide having a social worker in in, a mental health and social worker from the PCN was the best thing that could happen to us in fact we decided there would there was no team for us without the social worker mental health support and that was one of the barriers we had, and but we overcame it um, with fighting for it. <laughs> but um, I think, but I think that's that's a place to start from mm-hmm. changing your conversation with patients. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, I think there's some pretty lucky patients in White Court. <laughs> thank you both so much for joining us, and thank you, uh, thank you. Thank you Sue, for for being thanks, Michelle. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. Check out the show notes for links to the tools, resources, and websites that were referenced in this podcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment, tell us what you thought and what you'd like to hear more about. And until next time, grab your hammer and keep building one nail at a time.